Okay, I want to keep this short and I want to keep it sweet. Uh, maybe not, though. Um, I know most of the people that probably listen to this podcast or read the Substack don't really care about the NBA, but I did a, a mock draft thing going in, so I might as well uh, just react a little bit to the night. Uh, the the NBA draft in 2023 from Brooklyn, New York and at the Barclays Center. Uh, I don't know if I want to start first with the actual draft itself in terms of player selection. Uh, I will say I thought the ESPN coverage was abysmal. Um, I like J.J. Redick. I, I don't have a problem with Jay Billis. Uh, I don't really, really have a problem with anybody that was really doing the on-screen talent-wise. I, I don't really – I just think that the way they do it is horrendous. I mean, first of all, you have Stephen A. Smith yelling, whether it's on ESPN or ESPN2 or whatever. I don't even know. Just yelling constantly, whatever. I, I don't really have a problem with Stephen A. Smith, but it's just annoying because what annoyed me is how he thought Brandon Miller was the right pick at number two, which I think is flat-out wrong. Uh, I started two for two or three for three, I guess, with picks, even though I did have New Orleans taking uh, at New Orleans taking uh, Scoot in a Zion trade, which is a crazy prediction, but it was wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that the interviews with the parents after each player is taken are stupid, pointless. The audience doesn't give a damn what the parents have to say about their kids' work ethic. It's pointless. It's useless. It's a complete and total waste of time. The process is way too slow. We're talking almost 1 a.m. on the East Coast, where they're doing the draft from when it gets over. That's ridiculous. Why on earth are there commercial breaks during the second round? Get it done. Ridiculously slow coverage, poor coverage, uh, like I said, I don't really have much of a problem with any of the on-air or on-screen talent that ESPN uses. I think J.J. Redick is great, but man, the coverage just really lacks a lot of a lot of different things. The way they do it, I think, is just brutal. I think there needs to be more of an emphasis on the player on the floor than the stupid interviews that nobody gives a damn about after every player is drafted. So that's my issue with the NBA draft coverage. I think most of the internet last night, based on reaction, probably agree with that. Um, and if they don't, whatever, who cares? Uh, but to the results themselves, uh, nothing really crazy. I think the biggest player traded last night was Rashawn Holmes going uh, to Dallas. I uh, didn't see Zion traded, didn't see DeAndre Ayton traded. Uh, so we had two big trades going into the draft with Bradley Beal, I guess three, with Bradley Beal to Phoenix. Then you had Chris Paul for Jordan Poole to Golden State, uh, Poole going to Washington. And then you had the Porzingis-Tyus Jones trade between Boston, Memphis, and uh, and Washington. So Washington, the common denominator in all three of those trades, just a year late going into a rebuild. But I digress. Uh, the picks themselves... Uh, when Ben Yama goes number one, no surprise there with the Spurs. There's a lot of buzz between the Hornets taking Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. I think Brandon Miller is going to be a good basketball player, but I do think Scoot Henderson was the clear number two in this draft. So the fact that the, the Blazers get him at three, you got to do it. Uh, the Thompson Twins go back-to-back four and five. Uh, the Magic take point guard Anthony Black, lengthy point guard, very good athlete, six seven Out of Arkansas, he goes six. Uh, the Wizards... Flip seven and eight with the Pacers, so the Wizards go to seven. They get Bilal Koulibaly, the French uh, French wing, 
and then Jarese Walker goes to Indiana at eight. So no real surprises to this point. I think Koulibaly was a guy that was mentioned as could go top 10 going in. I had him going 10 to Dallas. Uh, Taylor Hendricks out of UCF goes nine to the Jazz. The Thunder and Mavericks flip 10 and 12. The Thunder take Cason Wallace at 10. I love that pick. I think Cason Wallace as a defender, as a guy who's a point guard that can set the pace on the floor, I think he's great at that. And you put him in there with SGA. You put him in there with Giddy. You put him in there with Dort. I think that's a really good pick there. Uh, The Magic... (laughs) The Magic take Jed Howard 11 feels like a major reach in the fact that Jed Howard was kind of slipping down boards over the last month. Guy that everybody thought would be a lottery point, a lottery pick at some point, but then was like, okay, maybe he'll go in the 20s. And I think if you're the Magic, you probably just take a Jordan Hawkins or Grady Dick if you want a shooter or a guy that can score at 11. But those two guys go 13 and 14. Uh, Derek Lively goes 12 to the Mavericks. That's a good pick there. The Mavericks getting a little bit better in the front court. They get rid of the Bertans contract. They bring in Rashawn Holmes as well. Uh, 13 and 14, Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins, probably the two best shooters in this class. Uh, so it's very surprising that Jed Howard went before those two guys. Uh, 15, Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan. What a rise for him. Had a great sophomore season at Michigan. Uh, good pick there for Atlanta. The Jazz go Keontae George. There's a lot of buzz going into the draft, but the Jazz – wanting Jalen Hood Shafino, and they even considered him with the ninth overall pick, but they end up going Keontae George 16, which means Hood Shafino goes to the Lakers at 17. Uh, maybe my favorite pick and a lot of people's favorite pick in the first round in terms of fit and how much of a winning player this guy is, Jaime Jaquez Jr. out of UCLA going 18 to the Heat. Uh, I think that's a slam dunk in terms of the fit, the type of player he is. I think he'll be perfect with Spolster there as the head coach. I think that's just a really, really good pick. Uh, and how about this? You know, 19th overall, Brandon Pajimski out of Santa Clara. You know, obviously I'm an Illinois guy. I host the Illini Basketball Podcast, like the eighth or ninth most famous Illini Basketball Podcast there is probably, if you if you don't count a couple a couple others, I'm sure. Uh, it doesn't really play much in Illinois' freshman year. There's a lot of veterans in front of them. And Brad Underwood chose to go with guys like Luke Goody and R.J. Melendez over Pajimski in a lot of respects. And then he's like, okay. Goes to Santa Clara, has a phenomenal season. Co-West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Uh, a phenomenal season. Very attractive offensive player, good scorer. Uh, he goes to the Warriors at 19. A big day for the Warriors. They get Chris Paul. They draft Pajimski at 19. They draft uh, another player later on that people were like, how has this guy not been drafted yet? But uh, really happy for Pajimski. Cam Whitmore, kind of the story of the draft. There's always that guy that falls, and he fell. A guy that many thought could go four or five, maybe six. He goes 20th to the Rockets. I think if you're the Rockets, you got to feel good getting a Min Thompson at four and Cam Whitmore at five, uh, at 20. Two guys that were thought of as two of the better uh, lengthy I mean, Thompson could be a point guard, but wing types, you know. Uh, 21 and 22, the Nets go back-to-back. They take Noah Clowney out of Alabama, Derek Whitehead out of Duke. I think a couple of pretty uh, high upside picks there. Whitehead was hurt a lot of his first season at Duke. Clowney's a really good compliment to Claxton in that front court, I think, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, 23, the, the Blazers go Chris Murray out of Iowa. Um, we'll see. Didn't think Chris Murray would fall out of the top. 20, but he did slightly. Well, actually, I, I picked that, but I thought that he would get drafted a little bit higher. Uh, the Mavericks get the 24th pick from the Kings, 
And they take uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper out of Marquette. Omax Prosper thought he might end up going to the Heat, but they go Hawkes instead. Good pick there by Dallas again. Uh, 25, the Grizzlies traded it to uh, Detroit. Marcus Sasser, probably a bit of a reach here. I think Sasser's probably available with their next pick, uh, which would have been 31. Um, but I digress, right? Uh, ben Shepard, a guy who kind of rose up boards. I thought he would maybe go even a little bit earlier than this, but he goes 26 to the Pacers out of Belmont. Good scorer. Uh, the Hornets get Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas, 27. I think that's a really, really good low-risk pick. Nick Smith definitely thought of as a lotto guy for a lot of this year coming in, but had injuries in his year in Arkansas, so he goes 27. 28, the, dra- the Jazz take Bryce Sensiball out of Ohio State. Solid. Uh, 29, the Pacers traded this pick to the Nuggets. I think this is a really, really smart pick. Julian Strother, a winner, a good shooter, defender. I think that's a really good pick there. 30, the Clippers take Kobe Brown out of Missouri. I think that's a fine pick as well, getting some contributors. Uh, Elsewhere in the draft, Jalen Pickett out of Penn State goes 32. So in the top 32, you had uh, a plethora of Big Ten players drafted. Jed Howard at 11. Uh, Kobe Bufkin at 15, Jalen Huchifino at 17, Chris Murray at 23, Sensabaugh at 28, and then uh, Pickett at 32. Uh, Andre Jackson Jr. to the Bucks, I think, is a great fit at 36. Jordan Walsh to the Celtics, I think, another good fit. Both of those guys going to instant contenders. They're going to be important bench pieces. Both guys that can anchor a defense. Uh, I think Walsh and Jackson at 36 and 38 are really good fits for where they ended up going. Uh, I think Maxwell Lewis fitting with the Lakers is a good pick as well at 40. Um, I think uh, Imani Bates at 49 is a total waste. I'm glad that the Cavs took him before the Suns could make that mistake. I think Keontae Johnson could fit in interestingly with the uh, Thunder. He goes at 50. Uh, Jalen Wilson goes 51 to the Nets, another guy that could possibly fit in right away. Uh, And then we'll talk about the Suns a little bit because it is my Suns. I thought the Suns would either buy a pick to move up move up with cash and 52 and move up a little bit. Didn't happen. They stayed put at 52. Um, the final terms of the Beal deal came down. Six second round picks, multiple pick swaps. Don't really have a problem with that price. What can you do? Uh, the Suns of 52 take Tumani Kamara out of Dayton. 6'8 forward. Good defender. Probably leaves a little bit left to be desired on the offensive end. But I think you throw him in the Vogel system. I think that can end up being a nice fit. Uh, so I'll take the pick. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if Jalen Clark is healthy, I think the T-Wolves got a good one there at 53. Isaiah Wong's pretty freaky player, 55 to the Pacers. And then uh, how about Trace Jackson Davis falling all the way to 57? Barely gets drafted second to last pick to the Warriors. We'll see what he ends up being. Um, and then Chris Livingston goes 58. Kind of a disaster there with how that whole thing went down. Um but overall, I think there's uh, some guys that were obviously going to places that are really going to fit them in that second round. Like I said, Andre Jackson Jr. and Jordan Walsh, I think are really good fits where they're going. Um, not much surprise outside of the 2-3 thing. I think I'm a little bit surprised that we saw... Anthony, well, that's not even that much of a surprise. I, the surprise really is Jed Howard 11 is the big surprise. Uh, I think if I go 1 through 10, I think the biggest surprise is Scoot going 3 to the Blazers. 11 through 20, the biggest surprise is Jed Howard going 11th 
21 through 30 is probably Marcus Sasser going 25th. Probably the biggest surprise there. Uh, 31 through 40. Maxwell Lewis, I didn't think would fall all the way to 40. Uh, 41 through 50. I didn't think that we would see uh, 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 Rupert fall to 43. And then 51 through 58, most surprising is Trace Jackson Davis falling to 57. So, yeah, it was an interesting draft. Like I said, I thought the coverage was brutal. Uh, overall, though, an interesting, another interesting chapter in the, the difference between college basketball and the NBA when you have some of the best players in college basketball last season, such as Adama Sonogo, Oscar Shibway, Drew Timmy, not getting drafted. Not that it's a surprise. I thought Sonogo might get drafted, but it's just different. You know, the big men in college basketball, it's a completely different animal than the NBA. So, and I think there's no greater example of that than Victor Wimbanyama, who went number one, who's a freak. So, uh, yeah, I don't know when I'll be doing another NBA podcast. I'll have a lot of NHL stuff coming, uh, coming next week or Sunday or early next week for the NHL draft, which is the 28th of June. I'll have my good friend, Matthew Zator from the hockeywriters.com joining the podcast. That might be a long one there. We're going to do a full entry draft preview He's a guy who knows a lot about the prospects and we'll preview free agency as well. That might be over an hour. So something to listen to there. These latest podcasts have been pretty short, quick and to the point, kind of surprised. I even got 13 and a half minutes out of this, but I did suck on that. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So maybe if Deandre Aiden gets traded, I'll be back with the NBA podcast, but plenty of NHL content coming your way soon. Podcast wise, at least one of them. Maybe more, probably more. I think I'm going to try to do a blues one as well. So stay tuned for that, and uh, I will see you next time on the Substack. Make sure to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button on the podcast and the Substack. EthanCarterSports.substack.com. See you next time.